Hey, this is comedian Kevin Bartini, and you are listening to the Comical Podcast. And uh, if it's a week that I'm not on, I'm sorry, but keep listening. I'll be back again soon. Everybody and welcome to episode 59 of Comical Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Corbett, and with me is... Lord Horstocles, Protector of the Horses. <laughs> you have a new title now, huh? That's right. <laughs> Apparently there's some violence going on. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest, uh, comedian Kevin Bartini. How are you doing today, man? Yeah, I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Bartini was a comedian who performed prior to... Uh, the openings of The Daily Show and The Colbert Report, he was like the crowd warmer upper, right? Yeah, audience warm-up comic for, uh, for both those shows. And as of just uh, about an hour and a half ago tonight, the uh, nightly show with Larry Wilmore as well. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, they had their last um, test show before they hit the air on Monday. Cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool to be, to be down there. It's surreal because it's the, uh, it's the same studios as Colbert, so uh, it's weird when you walk into that space and those offices and, and you know, it's, it's three weeks and it's 100% different. Everything's changed. It's surreal. We were going to ask that question. Oh, yeah. We were. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about... Oh, were you? Took, oh, kind of again. Took our thunder away from us. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we make our own thunder? Well, <laughs> I, might, I might have the burrito I just ate. <laughs> <laughs> and under a minute. Unhinged jaw. <laughs> I, I ate that burrito real fast, Kevin. We had like eight minutes to get ready. And I just I swallowed that thing whole. It was bad. <laughs> Felt like I was watching a porno. <laughs> if you got turned on, man. I, I, I was not turned on. I was looking away. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, let's talk about you, Kevin. Uh, you just had a brand new comedy CD come out called uh, Unintentionally White. Yeah, the Unintentionally White album, yeah. You racist bastard. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with racism, racism uh, although I am. But- <laughs> It has nothing to do with racism. Actually, the um, we, we recorded the album with the intention of it being a TV special, uh, and then my the videographer who was in charge of it uh, screwed up, and all of the footage, well, 90% of the footage was overexposed. So um, you could see some of the images in the film strip on the cover of the album. I'm completely whited out. So instead of the you know impeccably shot. Uh, TV special, um, we have the unintentionally white album. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> the former. The <laughs> no. perfect cover for the racism. Right, right I know, right? <laughs> it was such a great night and like such great shows that I didn't want to just go and tape a whole special all over again. Like I, I you know, come hell or high water, I wanted to release the, this show. So, um, so we, you know, we were able to get the audio off of it, which is no problem. You can't overexpose that. And, uh, the result is, is an album I'm, I'm really excited about and proud of and been getting some nice feedback on, so it's well, cool to have it out there. Well, let me give you a little bit more. We actually purchased it and listened to it, and uh, we really liked it. It was really funny. I'm on my money back. No, <laughs> no, no, I'm just messing with you. I do this with everybody. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, I actually enjoyed it. I really did. It's, uh, it was a brilliant idea. I mean, nice way to save. I mean, that was a great save. Oh, uh, yeah, man. Thanks. Well, you do what you do. You, you do what you can do. And like I said, I just really wanted to put that night out, so... 
Well, I'm, I'm, thank you guys for buying it. You should have just emailed me or interviewed me. I would have sent you a, a free copy. It's okay. We like to support people that we yeah, think. Everybody we have on the show, we try to support. So ha- happy to help you. That's awesome. Thank you. So, so we have both albums. Yeah, we do. <laughs> we actually picked up uh, Showing the Horses Who's Boss, too, which... That title did something to Miguel because, like you heard him mention before, he portrays a character called Lord Horstocles on the show. Ah. Which, uh, it's funny, one of our listeners does a weekly comic strip uh. about Horstocles and his minions. And yeah. he's like a, a emperor kind of a <laughs> character. He has a Napoleon complex a little bit, but he's a horse. So ah. horses have become like a recurring theme. So when I saw that was your title, I just busted out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you something. I like both of the titles of my albums, but I am the world's worst when it comes up to a title, like I, 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 neither of those were planned. The, the, um, I went through maybe 50 titles trying to come up with that album and I couldn't think of anything. I, everything was awful. And then one day I'm at my parents' house and I get drunk and I decided to go across the street and just meddle with the horses. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. boss. And then somebody snaps a picture and I'm like, well, there's your title right there. It is a great picture too. <laughs> Funny guy, man. Funny guy. <laughs> well, so how did, how did you get your start in comedy? Um, I got my start basically like, you know, like everybody else, just with um, guest spots at a club in Albany. But um, I started out uh, before that in, in, in the summer of 1999. I, I apprenticed at a uh, summer stock theater in Massachusetts called the Williamstown Theater Festival. And it's very awesome festival and very prestigious and one of the cool things about it is if you apprentice there um some days you work and uh, on on you know crews on shows and things like that and then on the other days you take classes from world-renowned actors and directors and and everything you know the best of, of broadway are up there and so you get this opportunity and one of the classes that they teach or taught back then was a stand-up comedy class and it was taught by lewis black Oh wow! Yeah, so Man. I'm not a uh, I'm not a big theater guy. Like I've done, I did theater all growing up, so that I would be comfortable on stage as a comic. But I did that entire summer just because Lewis taught a class. So I I did that for the summer, and then I started uh, doing guest sets at a comedy club in Albany for right after that. And uh, about a year later, moved down to New York City. Well, that took care of that one question. I was going to ask if you had any training. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool that you did that. That's amazing. Hey, let me just ask you a quick question because you mentioned Albany, you mentioned Massachusetts. Where exactly are you from? Well, I'm from Western Massachusetts, a town called Lee, which is in the Berkshires, the Berkshire Mountains. It's um, giving an idea of what the area is like. It's it's literally where Norman Rockwell painted everything. It's you know, it's like it's it's kind of like you're living in uh, in sometimes in a hovel figurine set you know um it's very quaint very bucolic and it's very beautiful but um so i did i I lived there until i was like 20 and uh i started comedy in albany because it was the closest comedy club to where i grew up it was like 45 minute drive each time uh my wife's from buffalo uh i love i love the east coast i really do i've been to boston my wife took me there for my birthday Got to go to Sox game because I'm a big Sox fan and everything else out there. I just love it up there. I, I'm trying to talk her to move down there later in life, and she's like pretty much gives me the hell no. Uh, <laughs> so I'm gonna go your route, a little core form, and we'll get on the plane. We're good. <laughs> but, uh, go ahead, Justin. Uh, <laughs> can, I, can I ask him your follow up question? Where does he buy his chloroform? No, no, that was cow. <laughs> I shouldn't have touched on it. My bad. So who is your supplier? Bill <laughs> <Don't> Cosby. <cost me. laughs> 
uh, if you want to get that joke, you need to go out and buy his first album. <laughs> <laughs> so you're also a podcaster. Yeah, yeah. We've got um, my podcast is actually coming out with our next season um, a week from Thursday. So what's that make? I think the twenty third it drops, and um, it's called the Movie Preview Review Podcast. And the premise is that we review review movies based on having only seen their previews, and. Uh, it's myself, and then I have a, we call it my core four, which is a group of my co-hosts, which includes uh, includes my wife, who um, brings a bit of a feminine perspective on it, keeps keeps us from having everybody bash the chick flicks, uh, and then we have, um, we have my, my, my kind of co, uh, my producer, and then I guess uh, my co-host uh, are Adam and Jay, and, and these guys are, they're into, into sci-fi and the, the the, uh, the same kind of stuff you guys are into and they form, form a balance because I don't like any of that shit and I don't like the chick flicks so we see these previews with ourselves and then a, a guest comic on each episode and some people love love it some people hate it we tear the movie a new asshole we riff and we just talk about what making fun of it or what we like and what we dislike but it's, it's just the preview, right? It's not the actual movie. That's it. That's it. None of us, the whole conceit of the show is none of us sitting in that room other than um, producer Adam know what preview we're about to watch. We're not, we have no, we don't write jokes in advance. It's completely improv and completely just riffing back and forth. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it ends up, you watch, it's like you're sitting in, in the theater before a movie starts talking shit about the previews with your best friend, only you're listening in as five comics bash back and forth it's a fun show I hope people uh, will check it out we're back for our new season in our new studio and um, yeah I get a movie preview review podcast yeah we got you on our podcast button we wait for it to update when the new one comes out <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's a great idea I mean Justin and myself we go see a lot of movies together and yeah we bash stuff and kind of just to ourselves we kind of laugh or we like give the thumbs up but our rating is two dongs up or two dongs down <laughs> <laughs> Or split dongs. <laughs> That's painful. <laughs> well, what are you guys excited for? What's your, what do you think for this year, like for the Oscars that just came out? What do you think is going to take it? What did you like? Or what deserved it? Of the past year? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, I really enjoyed Birdman. I actually finally got to see that a few yeah. days ago. Uh, I, was, I was really happy with that movie. Um, as far as like drama, uh, I saw it here at Vice not that long ago. I enjoyed that as well. I heard that's cool. Have either of you guys seen that uh, Boyhood? I haven't seen it, but it won a ton of glo- Golden Globes. I know, I know. It's the uh, biggest piece of shit I've seen in 20 years. I <laughs> that movie. And everybody I talk to is like, oh, all the reviewers love it and everybody loves it. It is three and a half hours of the most boring. <laughs> they, 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 they had this, uh, you know, the premise is he follows one boy over the course of 12 years. And so you're telling the story of a boy growing up and it's actually being played by a boy who's growing up so we see this same person age from from like 6 to 12 and they rolled the dice on the kid and lost because yeah in the first 10 minutes when he's 6 he's adorable but by the time he's 11 through the next 4 hours of the movie he has absolutely no charisma it's <laughs> <laughs> just like watching a goddamn rock deliver his lines it's, it's so terrible I, I sat through it because I had to. Um, I, I, I've been in arguments all week with everybody who I, I seem to be in the, in the minority opinion on this, which is strange, but hmm. you know, usually everybody agrees with me. I tend to watch most movies that come out, uh, but I've been yeah. 
really busy the last few months, and I haven't watched everything uh, that was yeah. it's been nominated, but I haven't seen Boyhood yet. Uh, I'm, uh. I've heard other people say similar things to what you're saying, so I'm not exactly enthusiastic to see it. Yeah. Uh, if I do, however, I will make sure to let you know what my opinion is. Please yeah, please tweet at me if you think I'm wrong or the world's biggest asshole or off base, but oh my god, I've never been so bored sitting through, through a movie. And it kind of teases you at the end. Like, it comes to a point where you think it's naturally going to end, and then they're like, nope, we're just going to meander for another 20 minutes on another storyline that you don't give a shit about. It was torturous. Give it to Birdman. <laughs> Birdman was good. I liked Birdman. Birdman was not bad, but Birdman uh, was Citizen Kane compared to freaking Boyhood. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Goes to Camp was Citizen Kane compared to Boyhood. I love Ernest Goes to Camp. I know, man. Ernest Goes to Jail? Come on. <laughs> Gets the electric powers? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I sorely missed. Yeah. Genius Ernest B. Laurel. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we're talking about movies and stuff. Uh, back to your comedy a little bit. Okay. Uh, what other comedians are your biggest influences? Who do you like that performs still today? Performs um, still today. I mean, I, I love Dave Attell. Uh, anytime I'm in this, you know, in the same comedy club as him, uh, I am going to stand and watch his act start to finish. And that's a compliment that you know I don't give to too many comics that you watch him every time. But he's a genius. Um, and I love Lewis Black, and I love Todd Barry, and. Uh, Nick DiPaolo is hilarious. I'm a, a fan of Ted Alexandro, and uh, there's so many guys. That, see, I get I start off on a string of this, and then <laughs> 20 minutes after we sign off, I'm like, son of a bitch, I forgot, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but but Tell is just like, you know, he's he's such a freaking funny guy, and such a great writer, and he's also consistent. Like that's what I love in, in comics is guys who can be consistently funny and fresh and always writing coming up with new stuff. Yeah, I'm a huge David Tell fan as well. I mean, I, I used to watch... Uh, I don't think I've seen a whole lot of his stand-up, but I've seen all of his TV shows. The Gong Show when he was on there, and uh, what was the one, Late Night with David Tell, where he would wander the streets wander the streets of New York and, and fuck with people. Insomniac. Insomniac, that's what it was. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when they... Um, I remember, like, getting like the beginning or in the interstitials when I bought a commercial there, there was a shot of him riding on like a little uh, like one of those little amusement rides that you have outside a grocery store yeah yeah I was standing there when they recorded that that was like one of the first days in the city in New York and I, I was at that comedy club and saw them it was my first thrill I think as a comic that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah seeing that on TV I'm like oh I was right there <laughs> see I was still from a small town back then now I'm jaded now Fucking, they 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 film stuff on my block all the time, and I just get pissed that it's <laughs> park. <laughs> so since you uh, you asked him who his favorite, uh, who is not your favorite? <laughs> that's right. Let's get controversial up in this bitch. <laughs> oh man, that's gonna be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to answer it if you don't want. Oh to come on now, <laughs> come on. <laughs> no, it's hard to say because uh, Carlos Mencia, George Lopez. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's everybody gangs up on them. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know. Cause, um, yeah, that's that's tough to say. I don't know if I can give you an answer. That's all right. Yeah. Because there's something. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like about being comic. You know, I'm no longer a real fan of stand up. I don't watch stand up with a fan's perspective. I. I um, and and part of that is there's something in every comic that I 
Marvel's every comic that drive me nuts or make me jealous or think of them as a hack uh, in so many ways that you know I end up can't laugh and, and really enjoy it as a, as, a, as a fan anymore. So it's hard to say who, who I don't like or anything because even the, the hackiest guy generally has at least one or two redeeming qualities that I end up respecting a little. That's cool. No, I get that. I understand. I get it because I mean, think about us doing the podcast. We listen to a ton of other podcasts now, and we're kind of like, man, they could do this a little bit better. We could do this a little better. And we're like, I like what they're doing there. Maybe we should try to think maybe we can do. Yeah, I get it. I understand. Oh, wait, what am I talking about? Kevin Downey Jr. Fuck that hack. <laughs> 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 well, you, you were talking a second ago about uh, being a little bit jaded living there now and being in that scene now. Um, yeah. Comics kind of present themselves as having this real, like, you know, negative, jaded perspective on life in general. And they use that to like feed their comedy. Is that really what it's like? I mean, are most of your friends just like downers all the time? Ah, uh, man. You, know, you should ask my wife about that. Um, <laughs> some of them, some are, some are. I think it's a stereotype. I don't think everybody is. Uh, you know, we didn't all come from broken homes or abusive this and that. We don't all have crippling drug problems and stuff like that. So there's a lot of stereotypes, and I don't think necessarily that. The lion's share of comics are, are brooding and dysfunctional off stage. There's certainly some, but no. Well, I think a lot of times, one thing you don't maybe when you don't expect about a comic is when you do meet them off stage. Um, especially if we're not, you know, not talking about right after the show, you know, signing and selling CDs and signing stuff and posing for photos. You just catch us just in, in general on the street. We're not on, you know. So you might, you may, you may see a guy. And he's, he's not, you know, trying to be funny. He didn't turn, flip the switch. He's not working the room right now. He just happens to be, you know, buying shampoo with Dwayne Reed. And then <laughs> you're like, oh, my God, did you see him afterwards? You know, Jesus, he looked like he was about to kill himself. I, I thought he was going to be funny. Well, that was just depressing. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that feeds into it a little bit. Well, on that note, I wanted to say this. I, mean, I was going to say for the end of the show, but I'll put it out there now. Um, listen to your albums and you know you have stuff at the end where you're talking to people or whatnot. you're very genuine you're a good person you kind of represent what we do here on our podcast and we're not comparing ourselves to you but we all, I always make this stupid line by saying we do this podcast no no <laughs> you know we're for the people we're you know we do this for the people our fans who really love us and we represent ourselves as the people podcast and you're you're a real good person I can tell this and uh, you know glad you glad you're that type of person not a, not an a-hole but you know there you go, suck it up again. I'm going to bust balls now. <laughs> <laughs> I set him up. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, we do really like both of your comedy CDs. Um, if we, you were to choose a bit, like if we wanted to play a small portion of one of the CDs in this uh, recording, uh-huh. as kind of like a sample for our listeners to maybe go out and incentivize them to go and purchase it, uh, okay. uh, would you would would you be okay with that? And, and if so, which, uh, which bit should we play? Uh, let's see. The Walmart uh, bit is pretty funny. Walmart? The Walmart bit? Yeah, yeah. But that's long, isn't it? Uh, was it? I don't really remember couple it being minutes, that long. A couple of 30 minutes, yeah. 4 minutes. Yeah, go ahead. You know what, whatever you guys think. Just, you, you, you put up what, what you think is best. Okay. And I'll just give you the green light. Cool. Well, we will do that then. Maybe it'll, uh, bring you a few more downloads. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Walmart are assholes. And, and I think you guys can all agree that my DVD will not be for sale at Walmart. <laughs> Shit. Somebody
anybody has to say it. They are dicks. <laughs> they were Walmart was, uh, you know, my favorite story last year in the news involved Walmart. What happened was there was a couple in the Midwest who got arrested trying to sell their baby in a Walmart parking lot. <laughs> right? I know, it's controversial. <laughs> selling the baby in a Walmart parking lot. First of all, I'm fine with you selling your baby. That's your kid. Do what you want with it. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. Give it away. Sell it. But if you're going to sell that baby... Do it in a better store parking lot. Get top dollar for that kid. What the fuck are you doing it in Walmart for? <laughs> that was a valuable baby. That was a boy baby. That's top. That was a white boy baby. That is a top dollar baby. You do not get a more valuable baby than a white boy baby. It's just the way the world works. So take that kid to a better store than Walmart. You're gonna get like a pack of Lucky Strikes or something for that kid there. <laughs> no. So you know what I. The, the part, the, the story that's my favorite part was that the, um, the Walmart, being the douchebags that they are, put out a cover their ass press release. The press release said, "We Walmart want uh, want you to know that we had absolutely nothing to do with the sale of this baby." <laughs> no shit, Walmart would have nothing to do with the sale of that baby. That baby was made in America. <laughs> Miguel actually took some uh, some issue with your Walmart story because uh, you, you were talking about the uh, the white male baby being the premium baby. <laughs> so we're making jokes all day. Come on now, a brown male baby. He works hard. That's yeah, premium. <laughs> <laughs> that was, you know what's funny? The, the, that was just a total riff that night in the moment. I've never done that before or since, and that's weird. It's kind of hard for me to boycott Walmart considering I'm there all the damn time. <laughs> it's the only damn store that's big enough where I live at, so we I yeah. constantly, the wife sends me out there. <laughs> where are you guys out of? Uh, we live near Houston, Texas. We're both on the outskirts of the city. Uh, he's a little further away than I am. I live in the boonies. Yeah, in the woods. Really There's nothing out there but a Walmart. In the sticks. <laughs> There's chupacabras and cows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for that. Crickets. <laughs> Oh, no, I laughed. Was that you didn't hear me? <laughs> You're laughing at how sad we are. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna ask you some more questions. Going back to the coming back to the Spain thing, what was it like working for the Daily Show and the Cobell Report? Um, was it like it's it's really? I mean, I'm a fan of both shows from since the Daily Show started. You know, uh, since the uh, since the uh, Kilborn days, and uh, you know, I've been working with them now and this company for about four years so it's it's still goosebumpy you know it's like I'm stuck. I'm a fan of the show I would pay to, you know a scalper for tickets to go see a live taping and to get to be a part of it is it, you know and hang out backstage and, and all that I, I, I just feel like a fan that got lucky um, and, and the audiences are, are always awesome because their audiences are dedicated and, and want to be there and many of them plan their vacations around whenever they can get tickets and so there everybody so once you go out and you start warming them up it's it's a great atmosphere and everybody's in the audience is you know is pumped and psyched and uh, 
it's uh, you know you just go out and you have a have a great time, and then I get to stand uh, you know off in the wings and, and, and watch the tapings again and again. It's it's fantastic. I'm very very lucky to have the, have that gig. It sounds like a lot so, of fun. Were there were there any kind of restrictions they put on what kind of jokes you could tell uh, when you perform uh, for those shows? Yeah, there's no restrictions that they place, um, and some shows you know are are there is they curb your language or they restrict the, you know a little bit. There, it's not. Um, I give myself restrictions in that I, I do a lot of crowd work and, and, and stuff. I don't really do my, any of my stand-up material, but I I always would stay away from doing anything from the headlines, anything political, anything current, for fear of you know touching on a subject that the show may be doing later. You don't want to one-up John Stewart. Well, it's not even, it's not even one-up, but my job is the opening act. If I was opening for Kenny Rogers, I wouldn't go out and sing The Gambler, you know? I you got to know. know what it is that my boss does. So I, 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 I don't do anything current. I don't do anything like that. I just go out and I cheerlead a little bit and then just start doing crowd work and talking to people and, and riffing on what they say. And, and, uh, and, and, you know, that's the only restriction and, and it's self-imposed. They never asked me. You know, not to do anything current or anything else. That was just a call I made. Makes cool. sense. It would seem like that I've been I've been heckling with you here early, but no, that's really what I do on the show. Um, do you get people that really heckle you out there when you're warming them up? Do you like rip into them? Um, well, well that try to heckle me. Yes. <laughs> Any dumb asses? <laughs> no, that's stuff that happens when you're at a comedy club on mm-hmm. a Friday night and, and the ten o'clock show and everybody's drunk and, and <laughs> but in a in a in an audience. Um, they all want to be there, and they're all excited to be there. So they're they're not. And I think it's it's you kind of can see right away that if you go at me, I'm you know I'm obviously getting paid to do this, so I'm probably pretty good at it. Your chances are not going to come out on top. <laughs> you know. So um, now people are people. I've, I've, I've never had anybody uh, make fun of me, uh, even when I'm talking to them, or you know, I, I can't remember a time where I maybe made fun of. A, you know, dude's shirt or something, and he came back with a zinger at my expense. I don't even think that's ever happened. Hmm. We have people make fun of us all the time. I know, right? But well, we come <laughs> back at him with a vengeance. I'm saying in that one, in that one place, in that you know, one instance, but it, like I said, if you're if not stand up, that's different. Then you're you're dealing with hecklers sometimes, and they are negative, and they you know do want to make a show about them, or they do want to sell your hash, whatever it is. You know, then you have to deal with them. But never, never has that happened in TV. Oh, cool. What's the cool thing about doing it in TV warm-up is there's big burly guys uh, in dark coats all around. They're security. <laughs> <laughs> they CIA. <laughs> they have them. They're, they're total pros. That's good. Yeah. Well, I know we, we said we talked about all of our comic stuff on the last episode, uh, but I did want to ask you, when you were growing up as a kid, were you ever a fan of comic books? Did you ever read anything? Would you have a favorite superhero or anything? My, um... I never read comic books. When I would go to the comic book store, I would always be over in the sports card section. That was my thing. Um, but I grew up in a video store, so it was the movies and stuff. And, and I was uh, Batman was always, you know, always my guy. I, that that that's the one. I think that's just kind of part of, of not being hugely into comic books. And in the eighties, the late eighties, especially, Batman was really the only superhero they were doing decent movies about. So. You know, I was a little bit after the Superman and Christopher Reeve movies, and when I saw them, they seemed kind of hokey. Yeah. And I never was attracted to them, but, you know, I was 10 years old when uh, 
Jack Nicholson was the Joker, you know, so, so I'm a Batman guy through and through. I can relate to that. <laughs> Cool. Well, what about yeah. the uh, what about the current crop of movies? I mean, uh, are there any of those that you actually enjoy? Um, the superhero stuff. I haven't. I don't know. I haven't seen any in quite a while. Um, it's just not my thing. Like the only time I go to the movie, actually movie theaters anymore, um, it, it's like it's fifteen bucks a ticket here in New York. That's not, not even for the IMAX and stuff, so it's expensive. So like my wife and I don't go to the movies as much. But if I'm on the road. I'll catch a movie in the afternoon, you know, on a Friday to kill time. And, you know, um, it's just a long way of saying I don't go to the movie theaters and see the superhero movie movies anymore. And then once they get to the point of being on a DVD or, or streaming to my home via Netflix or something, there's always just seems to be something else to do rather than, you know, sit down and watch a superhero movie. So I've been, they've been really off my radar for a while. Even the last couple of Batman movies I haven't seen. Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't like the one that everybody loved, uh, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. right? the one with uh, Heath Ledger. Right. Yeah, I didn't like that. I only know about one of the person who didn't like that movie. And then um, I don't think I've seen the other two after it. Weirdly. Hmm. But, but I would. I like that, so I would watch the other ones. I just never got around to it. There is only, was there two others after that, or just one? Uh, there's just one more, but there's another one coming out, the Batman and Superman Yeah. combo. Ben Affleck. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Ben Affleck. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's giving him a hard time. I think he'll be funny. Yeah, I think it'll be good. What you gotta do to play Batman is have a chin, really. <laughs> right? Well, is that not the only requirement? That's the only part of him being you can see in it is the chin. So yeah. it's gotta have those eyes that I'm about to whoop your ass. <laughs> kind of eyes. You don't think he has the whoop your ass eyes? I don't think so. Well, I don't know. I saw him in the town. He, you know. You know, I've been I've been defending Ben Affleck a little bit here lately. You know, early on he wasn't such a great actor in some of his movies. I mean, he had some some you know he had some chances where he looked pretty good, but in other times it was kind of bleh. But I think since like the town and a bunch of other stuff he's directed and a few things he's been oh yeah he he's really defined he's gotten a hell of a lot better and I, I really think he's going to do well. Yeah, I think he's. I, I've never had a problem with that guy. You know, in movies and stuff. Of course, I didn't watch G Lee, but. You know, <laughs> No one I did. Stuff. I, I've, I've never, you know, never disliked him. I, I think he just got, had, you know, had the misfortune of getting in uh, a little too much in the tabloids, or, or not even for bad stuff, but just, I think we kind of got burnt out on him. After, yeah. You know, whatever the fuck his J-Lo or whatever <laughs> his coupling name was uh, back then, you know, Benefer or something. Yeah, yeah. Benefer. <laughs> that happens to people. They get overexposed, and then you resent them, and then you... You know, you resent seeing them all the time, and then you discount what it is they're doing because they're just popcorn. You know, they're just empty calories. You think, but turns out he, he made it through that, and, and now he's coming out with really strong movies again and again. So I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to see him uh, as Batman. I don't think it'll be terrible. Cool. Yeah, I think another actor who redefined himself was Leonardo DiCaprio. I think early on he was kind of crappy, and now he's pretty good. Yeah. I think yeah. he's done. <laughs> I think everybody was jealous of him when Titanic came out because all the Parker friends wanted to fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the king of the world. <laughs> what, you don't like my Leonardo? Well, Ninja Turtle? <laughs> yeah, that's more accurate. You well, thank you. <laughs> so, uh, you, you mentioned uh, you see a lot of movies when you go on the road. How often does that happen? How often do you, you know, tour around the country? Uh, I like to go out as often as I can. Ideally, I, I try to when everything is going well, I, I, I'm out a couple of weekends uh, and in town a couple of weekends. You know, I like to keep 
a balance. Um, I'm certainly not like a road dog who, you know, uh, does a hundred dates a year on the road. Um, mine is a lot of times I, I, I also because of the the TV warm up schedule and stuff like that. I'll I'll keep to the northeast, mainly the places where I can drive five six hours and under, and you know that kind of stuff. So, but um, I I go out as as often as I can, and hopefully that's two three weekends out of a month. Awesome. Well, if you ever make it down to Texas or any, anywhere in Texas close to us, or just you know hit us up with a text, we'll definitely come watch you. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, I, I'd love to go back. Uh, I haven't been down to Texas in ages. I would definitely like to go back. I'm more definitely. I'm, I'm trying to to branch out this year and, and hit more places in the country, and you know, kind of leave my little safety zone of the uh, of the Northeast, and you know, get out of plane a little bit more. Cool. So, yeah, so Houston uh, could be uh, could could be on the uh, agenda. Let's see. Keep your eye on the schedule. It'll happen. Gotcha. Stay out of Dallas. You don't want Ebola. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I was going to tell you. I'm going to. I'm. I was going to almost said this wrong there. I know my co-host would have made fun of me, but I'm going to talk about your wife real quick. I was going to say I'm going to touch on your wife, but I changed it. <laughs> Earlier we had a a while back. No chloroform here. Right. <laughs> so I'm imagine with you being a comedian. Is, does your wife have a pretty good funny bone? Does she get you too? Yeah, my wife is very funny. Um, and uh, yeah, she she gets me. <laughs> You'd assume so. They got married, right? Well, no, no. I mean, no, not by getting him. I mean, like, pardon me, I didn't say it wrong. Like, drop a zinger on you here and there. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Yeah, she does. She, uh, she, she's she's very funny. Like, we have a, actually a picture of in our um, our apartment here, uh, and it's it's from when we were first dating. Years and years ago, God, we look like kids now looking at it. But uh, I've named the, the picture, which sums us up: me talking and her talking louder. You know, <laughs> she she's great about you know I'll be going off on something, just over talking me and shutting me down and telling me I'm full of shit. She's uh, she's awesome like that, yeah. And she's very funny, and she makes it. And that's why I have her um, on my podcast to you know because she she does she she's the only one of us on the show uh, who's not a stand-up but she gives as good as she takes and she just gets in there and uh, and she's yeah she's really funny see I understand that my wife being Italian and being from from New York she's a pretty strong personality and she gets me all the time with zingers here and there and constantly has comments like what did you just say and I'm like come on <laughs> and Justin wants to bring her on the show and I'm fighting it <laughs> well my wife usually does the show with us uh, she's busy with some work stuff right now so she couldn't be on but yeah, she yeah. she usually dishes dishes it out pretty well too. <laughs> when you were uh, when you guys were doing your you know research for lack of a better term before tonight, did you happen to see on my website uh, either the short film Me and Me that I did or the Cash Cab? No, I didn't see either one of those. Oh, all right. Well, I was just going to point out she was in both of those, so it would give you a, a visual of, of my wife. Yeah, we did Cash Cab together like the second season, and then I um, I shot a, a short film about conjoined twins. And uh, my wife was in that as well. So yeah, I find her very funny, and I, I you know, I work with her, um, and, you know, on the podcast, and short films, and stuff, and I enjoy it. Huh. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes it easy, you know, when your when your wife is funny. I, 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 that's one of the things I've always, you know, in women, I was always, always liked a funny woman. Me too. She claimed any of the material you use. That's my bit. <laughs> <laughs> she. Uh, no, she never laid laid claim to it to anything, but she she does a pretty pretty decent impression of me too. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we do impersonations here too. <laughs> we do. Yeah, we do. Do yours. 
Of who? <laughs> nice. Come on now. Don't be bashful. What impersonation? Come on, Beast Man. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever watch He-Man growing up? He-Man and the Masters of the Universe? Of course. Absolutely. So one of the things we do is uh, Miguel started doing the Merman voice one day. And it just oh, yeah. it cracked me up. And so I started doing the Beast Man voice. And it's turned into this whole thing where we'll like sing songs and add it into the podcast. <laughs> uh, cool. I even have a Merman mask. Yeah. Did you guys ever see the He-Man movie? The Dolph Lundgren one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that was pretty awful all those years ago when I saw it. I can't imagine how you, you know, as far as, far as seeing it this day and age. One of our uh, regular guests on the show, he's a comic book writer. Um, yeah. He he is a big fan of the uh, He-Man and She-Man Christmas special. So, so are we. Uh, so uh-huh. we gave out a bunch of copies to our listeners, and then uh, we did a live tweet, uh-huh. and we all watched it right before Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. And that was really funny. We were thinking about doing the same thing, actually, with the Dolph Lundgren He-Man movie. That's, so uh, yeah. if we make that happen... Such a wild piece of shit if uh, I remember <laughs> vividly at eight years old being wildly disappointed with it and having no discerning taste at the age of eight, but being like, even I know this sucks. <laughs> See, both Kevin and I. Share the same <laughs> belief. That movie's a piece of crap. <laughs> but if we do the live tweet for this movie, uh, could we maybe try to get you in on it as well? Yeah, let's set it up. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is going to be great. This It'll piece of hilarious. crap. <laughs> well, I, to, uh, I don't know. I'll have to get it off of Netflix or something. Um, so give me a heads up. Because believe it or not, I don't have the Blu-ray version of the Dolphin. <laughs> None of us do. Just flying around. That's, uh, I keep that in the vacation home. So I'm going <laughs> to put that on Netflix. <laughs> That'd be great. You should probably just buy it, Justin, and mail it out to, yeah, <laughs> to everybody. I'm going to start giving it away. <laughs> That's the next giveaway. Here you go, Kevin. Here's your free <laughs> Blu-ray. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> your 3D Blu-ray digital copy. <laughs> yeah, Gwildor is coming at you. That's terrible. <laughs> I'd rather watch Willow. <laughs> By the way, I, 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 did you guys know that there used to be another podcast called The, the Comical? Were you aware of that? Uh, I knew there was Comical Radio. Yeah, 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 Comical Radio with uh, Danny LaBelle. I used to do that show all the time. Really? Yeah, it was funny, so it was actually a good, good, little, uh, good little memory when I was putting it into the calendar of just like doing the comical. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a cool show. I, I did it, uh, Danny's a buddy of mine, and he used to do it out of New York, and uh, he had... Freaking everybody! George Carlin was on it a bunch. Uh, one day I was there, and uh, John Lennon's son was there hanging out. And being on it. it was pretty cool. That's is, awesome. Is that your way of telling us you want to come on with us at least once a month? Yeah, sure, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I mean, we don't have guys like that. I mean, we've had Mike and Ming, Lou Ferrigno. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. Jason Mewes. I mean, <laughs> we've had a few guests. Yeah. Jason Mewes from yeah. uh, Clerk, Clerks. Yes. No kidding. Yeah, we. He was pretty funny. Yeah. That le- well, that leads me to the other thing. Will you ever try to get uh, to like some cons? I mean, I know you're not not your thing, but I mean, we're all nerds and nerds like comedy and everything else. I mean, it's another audience. I mean, I'm just wondering. Uh, to do what? It was like show up a con, show up like a comic cons or that type of stuff. Well, like some of the local cons. Well, not, not local, but like Comic Palooza is a relatively large con here in Texas, and they usually do like live bands and live comics and. Yeah. That sort of yeah, thing. I would do it. I would do it. I just can't imagine that they would book me or anything because there, because there are so many, um, so many stand-ups who are very well versed in everything Comic Con, you know. Right. That uh, like Mike Lawrence and those guys that that would would get those those gigs well before me, the guy who 
can't tell Superman from Superwoman half the time, you know? <laughs> well, one of the things that we ask all of our guests to do when they come on the show is to tell us a funny story. I mean, I've told stories about where I've crapped my pants, <laughs> and I ripped my pants, <laughs> and I bashed my brains. This one is wildly funny, but it's a pretty fucked up story. <laughs> I, uh, I being a comic who have done the road for, you know, not a road dog, but I've been on the road for a long time. I've been doing comedy for 15 years. You come up with some tricks and such on the road uh, for different, you know, different life hacks, let's say. So, um, a couple of years ago, I was on the road with The Daily Show for the presidential conventions. And uh, we were in Charlotte and Tampa. And uh, one of my life hacks that made me quite popular at the hotel that week is that I uh, know how to get pot onto an airplane. Foolproof way. I've done it scores of times. So I had lots of pot on the road as I Anyway, the way that I do it, um, it starts to circulate around and becomes like this big thing that week. Everybody's talking about, you know, this this way that I have. And um, so we're walking back to our cars one day, and I'm walking with um, a guy who is his name is James Baby Donald Dixon, and he is the um, he's John Stewart's agent and Stephen Colbert's agent, and a bunch of other huge guys and uh it's after the 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 taping and the studio's right next door to uh, where uh you know the convention hall and right next door to that night where i think bill clinton was speaking so the security was extra even more extra tight over what it already was where the whole city was shut down like i've never seen anything like the security during the conventions so we're walking back and he's asking me questions about this method he's quite invested in the story. He's heard about it. Now I'm telling him first person how I'm doing this. We're having this, he's asking me questions and we're very engaged and I'm thrilled because one of the biggest agents in the world is holding a conversation with me and this is great and we're having a grand old time and we're walking a couple of blocks to get back to our parking lot where our cars are and we're just, we end up in in a crowd of people and as we're walking the whole way and he's asking this and that, and then how do you get it on the plane and this? And we look up, and we had wandered into a group of about 15 TSA agents. <laughs> oh, crap. I swear to God, that's how much security was there at the presidential conventions. They were bringing in, you know, cops from every town and, and feds and states. They even got so far as having TSA people there, like, to, to manning, like, the, um, uh, the... The scanners and stuff as people were doing the pat downs and people were going through. And so we walked for about two blocks in a crowd of TSA agents who, thank God, were, you know, were off the clock at that moment. And they started laughing when they saw us realize. But we were talking about smuggling drugs on a plane for <laughs> two blocks. Did you get in any kind of trouble? Nope. They just laughed. They were off the clock. They didn't give a shit. But we, <laughs> neither he or I could believe it. He's like, if I tried to sell that to a TV, you know, the script, he said, Nobody ever believed that. So, I don't know if it's a funny story, but it's a story. <laughs> That's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, and, and one of the things we also do after we have our guests tell one is we have, one of us always has to tell one as well. So, Miguel? What? Man, <laughs> come on. 
You know, I told you my life is tragic. I don't think I even have a funny story. I was think trying to think of when I was we were going. Um Well gosh. Well, you know, um I rescued this dog um who was living out in front of our yard, I guess. Um just a stray. He got beat up and he got hurt pretty bad and, and he wound up being blinded by some of the dogs or somebody or a car, don't know, but he came back to the house and he laid on our porch. So my wife and me we took care of him and uh He's still blind. He survived the night, and then we took him to the bed. They did some other stuff for him, and he's a puppy, still young. He's big size, though. And uh, if he would have been like, you know, I'm, I'm just giving you a little background on the dog. If he'd have been like uh, really sad, not moving anymore, we would have put him down. But he was happy. He was like his tag was, tail was wagging. He's jumping up and down. He's like really just energetic. I was like, okay, cool. He's all right. And the vet told us he's going to be okay. His other senses are stronger anyway. They use their nose and their ears more than really than their eyes, believe it or not. Yeah. Okay. And, well, now his, his super smell, <laughs> he's got super smell and super hearing, like, out the wazoo. I mean, we take him out of his crate. He's in the house now. We took care of him. He's clean and everything. He's in the house. He comes out of his crate. comes with me in the living room in the morning, and he can hear where I'm going. I can't get away from him. <laughs> he knows everything I'm doing. So, and he can't see nothing. His one eye is completely gone. I mean, he's, it's caved in. And the other side, the eye is completely, the pupil is completely dilated all the way out. But he can't, it's not detached to his brain or whatever inside his head is not attached anymore. So it's useless unless he has surgery. And I don't even know if that's possible. But anyway, he's very crazy. And so when I take him off the leash, he likes to jump all over inside the house and go nuts. So like owner like pet. What? No. <laughs> so anyway, so my wife comes out in the mornings when I'm getting ready to go to work. So I'm out there taking a shower. I'm t- taking my shower and I come out to the living room and... I usually have the fan on out there because it's really kind of warm. I can't take the heat. I shower with cold water even when it's like 30 degrees outside. And I still break a sweat. The dog is sitting on the couch with my wife. I'm still kind of like in the buff, but I have the towel. And because I'm going to go cool off in front of the fan before I start getting dressed. And every house has doors. There are doors shut. So there's nobody. No one's up at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4.45 in the morning, just me and the wife and the dogs. And the dog decides, huh. Let me go see what this is. So I don't pay attention, and I'm facing the fan, and all of a sudden I get the, whoa! <laughs> I got the dog nose in the ass, <laughs> and it was cold. Like, what the hell? This got violent. My wife is just laughing her ass off. Like, get away from me. And so I push him away, and he goes over there. He thinks it's playtime. So he jumps and bucks. His paw is the size of my freaking hand. So, yes, Justin, you know what's coming. For the third time in three weeks, I got racked in the balls again, this time by the dog. <laughs> now I'm on my knees. He's licking my hair because <laughs> he knocked me down. Well, and at, least, at least he didn't, like, knock you down and then go straight for the groin area again. I wasn't done yet. <laughs> I wasn't done yet. He circled around. I'm like, oh, hell no. I got up real quick and ran. I thought I was about to get mounted. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, what the hell? And he, and so, like, now I got to be like, what the hell is going on? I told the wife, you let him go on purpose. <laughs> Freaking dog nosed me. <laughs> and then he whacked me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got hit in the balls twice before, thanks to my wife. Wrapping paper. We're having a sword fight. And she swung low. And so, she, so here I am laid out in the Target parking lot because I took a shot to the to the to the to the gentleman <laughs> and like you never aim low you aim high and she's like i'm short it doesn't matter she's like five foot i'm like five eleven it was on purpose <laughs> yeah exactly and so that's, that's what you did the day before right oh oh and then i'll, that's I'll what you get. that's what i get <laughs> oh and this is kind of like this was funny when i heard your 
your chloroforming of the wife. I thought this was funny because it reminded me of another moment that I got whacked for, too. Uh, in Family Guy, they get a cat. And if you remember the episode, the cat is, like, sitting on top of Lois, and all of a sudden he's, like, taking his claws and he's playing with the boobs. So Brian gets up there, and Brian moves the cat away, and he starts doing it. And Lois wakes up, and he's like, it's the cat. You're dreaming. It's the cat. So one day, my wife is asleep, and the cat is actually on her chest. So I move the cat, and I start messing around. And as soon as he wakes up, I'm like, it's the cat. It's the cat. I got a, a whack to the, to the gentleman again. I'm like, come on. <laughs> Keep putting yourself in these situations. <laughs> I'm going to just wear a cup 24-7, man. <laughs> and a chastity belt, apparently, from the dog. <laughs> Gonna get dog raped. <laughs> what is happening here? So yeah, it just next time just get a smaller dog. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have six. <laughs> I'd, ra- I'd rather get hit in the dick. <laughs> I have two cats too. And <laughs> yeah, he lives on the country. He says he has six, but really he has eight. Eight dogs. The two outside are just they. You know, they showed up, and my wife has a big heart, and we took care of them. And they guard the house. I mean, we start off with three. All our dogs are saved. They're, you know, we got them from shelters or whatnot. Um, I thought you meant they've accepted Jesus Christ. In the- <laughs> <laughs> are you washed? <laughs> are you washed? <laughs> Don't get me stuck. We're going to get the religious people after us now. <laughs> oh, by the way, you take the Christian with you on the island. You don't take the homosexual. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I don't know. I think I made a pretty good case. <laughs> yeah, I'm right there with you, Kevin. <laughs> Look, Justin, I told you before, if you can take a dick, you can take a joke. <laughs> I can't take a joke. I'm okay with that. Sorry. <laughs> this has been funny, guys. I'm, I'm glad you guys had me on. This has been fun. Yeah, we're, we're glad you came on, too. Do you want to uh, give our listeners your website real quick? Yeah, sure. People can find me at kevinbartini.com. It's spelled Kevin is normal, and Bartini is like the cocktail, but uh, with a B. Um, and from there, you can find me on Twitter, and you can uh, you can get my new album, the Unintentionally White album, and you can find a link to the Movie Preview Review podcast. So um, come check me out, and if you like me, tweet me and tell me, and if you hate me, then that too. Either way, I'll, uh, I'll be glad to hear it. So that's about it for my plugs, I guess. Okay. I want to say I appreciate the follow. <laughs> Absolutely. He followed me early on. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's really important to him. Shut up. <laughs> well, I just want to remind our listeners, if uh, you enjoy the show and you want to support us, you can go to find us at facebook.com slash comical podcast. On Twitter, I'm at comical podcast. Miguel's at comical podcast too. Heather's at comical podcast three, but she's not here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher as well. And please leave us a five-star review. We're trying to get those numbers up. Uh, and that's pretty much all we got for this week. So... You want to let him close it out? Yeah, you want to close it out, Kevin? All right. Well, thank you guys, everybody, for tuning in to uh, Comical Podcast. I'm Kevin Bartini. Keep on laughing, bitches. Nice.